Hey guys, welcome to Let's Fucking Talk. I'm Lauren, and whew, today we're going to talk about a topic I've mentioned in the past, and that is the event that probably most significantly changed my life, at least up to now, and it was my two best friends passing away. Um, my intention is to do like the first half of a podcast with just myself and to kind of explain who they were and all of that. And then I'm going to have someone special uh, jump in on an interview with me, someone who experienced this event um, in the same way that I did. We were very close to them. Um, so I think it'll be cool to have a conversation with this person that I actually have never had with them still to date. Um, but we'll get into that. So we'll see how this first half goes of just me. If it's too long, I'll make, uh, like a part one and part two. And, um, if not, then it'll just be one episode. That'll be half just me and then half the interview. So, uh, my two best friends names were Kevin and Ian. Uh, Kevin has been on my mind very heavily the last two days, so I figured, I don't know if it's a sign to do the episode now or what it is, um, we are going to try to make it through this episode without crying, and if I do cry, I apologize, <laughs> um, so it's just not something that I talk about very often, and at least up to now, every time never fails. Yes, Sage, thank you. Um, every time that I've talked about this up to now, I end up, like, crying, and it kind of always catches me off guard, because it's been, hmm, 10 years in October, which is, like, oh, okay, I'm crying already. <laughs> um, it's been 10 years in October, so... It just, I obviously haven't <laughs> really dealt with it too well. So I think the reason there's so much, so much emotion when I talk about it is just because I haven't like talked about it enough or really moved past it. Um, it's definitely something I want to intentionally put time into heal, um, but healing is a journey and there's a million other things to heal too. So this will be one of them. Um, okay. <sighs> so in high school, I first met Kevin because, um, my Emery, who was on a couple episodes ago, um, Emery was actually very good friends with Kevin um, like, freshman year of high school, 
and she introduced me to Kevin, and at the time, (laughs) literally the first hangout me and Kevin ever had was because he had a crush on, okay, so Emery, if you listen to the interview, Emery is transgender, so Emery is their male name, when, before Emery transitioned, she was Juliet, so, uh, Kevin had a crush on Juliet, and, uh, we had been introduced, and he was like, hey, would you mind coming to the mall with me to get her something for Valentine's Day? So this was the first time we ever hung out, and, wow, this is hard, um, okay, um, like, the second I got in the car with him, it was so, (sighs) oh man, okay, we can do it, pull it together, it was so comfortable, and he was like, the, okay, I really can't do the whole episode like this, (laughs) he was so silly, like, And he had no, uh, like, filter of himself. Like, he did not care who he was silly in front of. So he acted truly so authentically, like, the crazy-ass way he was the second he met you. So that just makes you obviously want to be, like, there is no discomfort the first time you meet this person. So we went to the mall. We hung out for a few hours that day. And literally from that day forward, there... I mean, we didn't go more than a day or two without seeing each other. Um, When we went to the same high school, which was for about two years, we saw each other every motherfucking day. But then I went to a different high school, but we still, I mean, basically nothing changed. Um, And we started basically, like, developing a group of us. So it was... I don't want to leave anyone out of this, so if anyone is listening to this, please don't get your feelings hurt. I'm just going to name the people that, like, I was closest to in this group. So, it was me, my friend Danielle, Kevin, um, Brian. Uh, Brian is the person that we're going to talk to after this. Um, JC and Ian. Um, I kind of don't remember how Ian became part of the group. Did he go to our school? I don't fucking know. How confusing. But anyways, um, I would say sophomore year of high school, me, Brian, Kevin, and Ian were, like, every day together. Like, to and from school, um, all the fucking time. Like, on the weekend, that was who I hung out with. Uh, my friend Danielle usually was there too. She was like my childhood best friend. So, um, sorry that I'm like massive sniffling and a mess. Um, so our group was like, I, okay. I know people are like friends and people have best friends and people when you're in school, especially you have these tight knit friend groups and you do everything together. But like, We were on some other shit, like, I don't even know who allowed this, like, 
well, I guess we only really did it at one or two people's houses whose parents were down for it, and the rest of us probably just lied. But every single weekend, we would have sleepovers. Like, all the guys, all the girls, like, we would just hang out. We were... Sage, please. We were a little wild, and we would always, like, drink together, usually pretty safely at, like, someone's house, and then we'd all sleep there. <laughs> and we just had, like... Shh. Sage, we're recording. <laughs> we just had so much fun together. I mean, there are no words for, like... We were obsessed with each other, all of us. Now, I'll talk about my individual relationship with Kevin and Ian. So, obviously, Kevin and I... Kevin and I were closer than me and Ian. Um, Kevin and I, like I said, when I tell you from the first day we hung out, we hung out every day after that until I left for college. And Kevin, ugh, sweet baby angel, he loved me so much, like, oh god, it fucking tears me up to think about, um, here we go again, um, he was, like, still, well, besides Emery, really, um, and Daniela and Ashley, my other best friends, but besides them, especially a, a male, so let's just say, he is the first male in my life that literally loved me unconditionally. Um, when I was the age that I was when we were closest, like from 15 to 18, uh, I was quite the girl and I did a lot of things that any friend would have a hard time dealing with and accepting, much less a guy who was my best friend and who also happened to be in love with me. But, like, you would never know that he knew any of the things I did, and he knew every single thing that I did. Like, he had this way that he fucking looked at me where, I mean, I know for a fact that he thought I was a perfect angel and he didn't give a shit about anything else that I did. Like, I don't know, it's like he, he saw my insides, and he, I don't know. <sighs> and, um, well, first of all, I was dating the person who we called Sean a couple episodes ago. Um, so, obviously, I was in a relationship, and I truly just didn't think that I had those feelings for Kevin. Um, but that, it never really was a problem for us, like... I think we, we both kind of just accepted and knew that obviously he loved me to death, but we were able to have the same kind of friendship and it wasn't like an issue. And um, I would say at the end of my senior year of high school, me and Sean were like not doing good, like we were broken up for a lot of my senior year. And I started, like, dating other people, and the summer after my senior year, before I went to college, like, 
all of the people that were in that group of friends with me, we all agree was like the fucking best time of our lives. Like I have no words. It was just constant fun and like just genuinely being with people who you're obsessed with all day, all night. Like some of us were going like leaving to college. So it was like, it was like we knew to spend like every second together. I'm so sorry. This is going to be hard for you guys to listen to. (laughs) Um, But I have to do this episode. And apparently this is what happens when I talk about it. Okay. So, um, when I left for college. Oh, I'm sorry. Probably the last month before I left for college, I wasn't dating anyone. And me and Sean were like, broken up we ended up getting back together my freshman year of college but that's another thing um and I'll never forget I was at Kevin's house uh, per usual and we were like hanging out in his backyard it was just me and him and we were drinking because that's what we did and um we were like sitting he had his family had a hot tub in the back of their house and we were sitting there and all of a sudden, like, literally in one moment, all of these feelings came to me, like, I want, like, I was, like, all of a sudden madly in love with Kevin, and I literally started kissing him, and (laughs) it was so cute, because you could tell that he was, like, fucking shocked and did not know what was really happening, and we literally spent that entire night making out, um, and then after that, we basically started being, like, more than friends, but I was going to college, and we, I mean, again, we were 17 years old, so it's not like we were sitting here having really productive conversations about, like, feelings, so we kind of just did this thing where we were still the exact same best friends, but we were always, like, kissing, (laughs) and, oh god, it was, like, just so fucking sweet, and I'm glad we did get to have that time. Um, and then, um, I went to college and he actually came with me and my family to drive me up to UCF in Orlando. And my mom made like a whole weekend out of it. We went to, uh, Aquatica, which is like a SeaWorld's water park. So Kevin came with me and my mom and my aunt, I believe, and whatever, he helped move me into my dorm, and uh, it was so funny, because when him and my mom, after they left, (laughs) um, they basically told me that them two together cried the whole way back down south in the car, so wish I could have seen that, and I think while I was, like, I think within maybe the first couple weeks, Kevin and my friend JC came up to visit. We went to, um, what is this called? The rave with the paint glow, glow something. I'm fucking old. I don't even remember. But anyways, we went to something like that. And that would be the last time I would see Kevin. Um... As far as Ian and I's friendship, I seriously, this is so wrong that I'm forgetting if he went to our school, like, 
I think so. Yes, he definitely went to our school. And he's actually the one that brought JC into our group because they did paintball together. So, um, Ian and I, uh, obviously everyone who was in this group was best friends. But, like, just out of honesty, like, I did not have the connection with Ian that I had with Kevin. But me and Ian would just endlessly fuck around. And he was, like, a tiny kid. And every time he would drink, he would decide that he wanted to wrestle me. So we would literally wrestle in the grass, me and Ian. So that was our friendship. He was just a wild little thing and he was fucking hilarious. Um, And it was just, I don't know. We we all just loved each other to death. And... um, one of, like, the greatest memories, last memories I have of all of us of that summer. My birthday was in July of that summer, and I had just, I, I was doing an internship where I made real money for the first time ever, and I took an entire paycheck, it was, like, $1,500, and decided I wanted to spend it on my birthday and do something for, like, all of us for my birthday. So I rented out this hotel in Miami that it was like the penthouse and then it had stairs that went to a private roof and it had like a hot tub. It was amazing. And that's kind of like probably the dopest memory I have with that group of people. Okay, so let's talk about when they passed. So I moved to college, I believe in August and I I guess either August or September is when Kevin had come up for that concert thing. And then um, October 5th was when they passed away. So um, the morning it happened. Well, it happened like in the middle of the night type deal. But the morning it happened, I was sleeping and Brian starts calling me at like seven o'clock in the morning and he's calling me and calling me and calling me. And I'm like, I was fucking pissed. I seriously thought that he like had to be like super fucked up or drunk or doing something and like was just in the mood to fuck around. And I was like, this is highly annoying. And when I was that age, I was the person that slept until 2 PM. So a 7 AM phone call was not tolerable. So he calls me a million fucking times and I'm ignoring it. Then JC calls me, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and now JC and Brian are calling me. So, uh, the memory is honestly blurry. I don't know if I called Brian back first or if I talked to JC first. Um, I really think I might have talked to JC first. And he was like, have you heard what happened? And I was like, no. And he's like, uh... Kevin and Ian supposedly passed away. Like, we're still trying to figure out if it's true because there was this girl that JC was dating at the time and she was claiming that she had talked to them after the supposed time that this car accident happened. So I was like, what? Like, there are absolutely no words for that feeling. And it's like, it sounds so fake. Like, The way it happens in movies where someone gets a call that someone has passed away and they fall to the floor and cry, like, I don't think that's a realistic reaction because literally for the first hour, you're like, 
Okay, well, let's confirm this. Like, you're you're calling the people's cell phone who supposedly passed away. You're, like, talking to family members and friends. You're like, what do you mean? They're probably sleeping. Like, car accident, what do you mean? Like, you're so... But, like, at the same time, you're floating out of your body because the idea that it might be true, like, your brain can't even take that in. It's... I don't know. There's no words. And I'm sure many of you have dealt with someone close to you passing away. So I'm sure you're understanding what I'm saying. And probably within an hour or two, we got confirmation that it was them and they both passed away. I think for a little bit, we were wondering if Ian was still alive because he was actually airlifted to the hospital. Um, Kevin passed away at the scene. And... I don't know. I just remember like trying to walk to class that day and I was walking to class with um, one of my other best friends, RJ, who was also very close to them. And we were like, we actually had the same English class and we just walked into class like crying and like not even giving a fuck about like who was seeing or how we were acting. And my English teacher was actually the one that like was like, please go home. And my that English teacher actually ended up helping me a lot with um, you were, like, able to apply for, like, some kind of grievance thing for your classes where they gave you, like, extra time to do work and, like, it just helps you out if you were dealing with some kind of grieving event. So, there's no words for those days. They are so blurry and, like, they still seem fake. Um, we drove back to South Florida to have a funeral for them and we did like a candlelight vigil at the car accident scene I mean it was it's just so wrong it's so like it makes me sad thinking about it because it was like all of us were 17 18 years old and that's so fucking much and so heavy and so confusing for people that age because at that age, like, you feel like you have 300 years left to live, like, you're invincible, nothing bad happens to anyone you know, uh, surely no one is dying, and I'll just never forget, like, I had a stepsister at the time, and one of her friends had passed away, and I remember her saying to me one time, like, there's always someone who passes away in high school. Like, it never fails. There's always going to be someone that, like, you will know that will pass away when you're young. Like, I'll never forget she told me that one time. And it, like, all came flooding back when Kevin and Ian passed away. And I was like, damn, like, it's one thing for someone you know to pass away. Like, that's its own strange, hard, confusing thing. But, like, never in my wildest dreams that it would be my literal to God two best friends. Like... Shoo, it was so fucked. And that entire best friend group of ours, um, to this day, we aren't really friends. And it happened literally immediately and without any conversation. Like, it was so traumatizing for all of us. And none of us had the 
emotional maturity or the words to like speak to each other and lean on each other so we all just went the opposite way of each other and it's super fucking sad and I that's what I'm really excited to talk about with Brian and kind of get his interpretation of what he was feeling and what he went through and how he interpreted like what happened to our friend group after um I think maybe for a week or two after they passed away we tried to like see each other and hang out and it was so disturbing to get together in a group and be missing like the two biggest personalities in the group and I think we were all just like it's too fucking much to see each other and hang out with each other like it's you couldn't see any of these people's faces without just remembering that Kevin and Ian had passed away like not fucking good um And I just remember that time being, like, so, it was, like, so tumultuous for me. I was feeling every emotion under the sun. I was getting pissed at people who were, um, we went to a high school that was full of assholes. That's the fucking reality of it. That's why I left the school when I did. Um, just of a bunch of entitled rich fucking kids who (laughs) I just have no words for some of the kids that went there obviously I know they were young so I hope by now that they have grown and become beautiful humans but at the time they were pieces of shit and uh there were so many of them that were so judgmental of Kevin and Ian and the fact that Kevin and Ian smoked some weed, and drank on the weekends like high school kids do. These kids were, like, calling them drug addicts. And these are the same kids that would go on to um, become cokeheads in college. So that's my favorite part. But these kids who were shitty to Kevin and Ian were all of a sudden posting all over social media about how they had lost one of their greatest friends I was just dealing with a lot, and, like, at the end of the day, every, you know, being older and knowing what I know now, everyone is allowed to grieve, and, um, it wasn't up to me to decide who should be sad and who shouldn't, but that's how I felt, and I was, like, fighting with people online, like, I, it was a whole journey, um, and, yeah, and the fact that it has been 10 years is, like, too fucking much. (sighs) Like, I truly do believe that time makes things a lot better, and it's not like I'm sad about this on a daily basis, thank God, but time also makes it weirder for me sometimes, because when I think about the fact that, like, I've lived without these people for 10 years, it's so sad, and, like, all the things that they haven't seen And then I wonder what they would have been like now and what they would have looked like now. And it just... It's fucking hard. It's very hard. So, that is the story on that. It's something I... I think speaking of people who have passed is a way of honoring them. And I think anyone who knows me... And anyone who will ever listen to this podcast should know that they existed and they were, I say it all the time, like, I, it's almost like, it's almost not shocking that they passed away because they were 
like literally the most unique like they were angels like they were angels from the beginning so <laughs> I'm so sorry that this podcast is gonna make me crying the whole time I pray to God when I talk to Brian I don't cry because I don't think he's gonna do too good with that okay so I'm gonna end this part of the podcast here Hey guys, sorry for the abrupt ending on part one. Uh, long story short, things have not gone as planned after I recorded part one, and I had to unexpectedly edit the ending and cut out some things that I talked about at the end. So as you all heard in part one, I was planning on doing a part two, and it was going to be an interview with someone who was a very close friend of mine and of Kevin and Ian's. And before I recorded part one, I had the idea of how I wanted the episode to go. And I reached out to this person and gave them all my ideas, let them know what they could expect. You know, I wanted them to know up front that it was going to be about Kevin and Ian and that I was going to ask certain questions. And... You know, I wanted to know if they were comfortable with it because as you heard me cry through the entire first episode, it's obviously a hard thing to talk about. And this person was not only willing, but seemingly excited. And after I recorded part one and I started to follow up about recording the interview, quite honestly, I kind of stopped receiving responses and I know Sage is here and you know she's bummed too but that's okay (laughs) so um I stopped receiving responses and basically the interview is not going to happen um this is the perfect example of what I mentioned in the first episode that all of us on some level are still coping with this and still feel that it's fresh Um, obviously some of us have maybe done more work than others and some of us are maybe just more willing to be vulnerable and open. Um, I'm very understanding of how this affected and impacted all of us and how hard it is to talk about. So it is what it is. Um, there will not be an interview, but what I wanted to do is There was something that I was going to ask this person um, that was... So my idea for the interview was that I was going to ask him a couple questions. And then I was kind of going to answer the same exact questions myself. Just so we could maybe compare as to how this has affected us. How we've dealt with it. I, I was really curious to see if we kind of came out of it with the same issues and struggles. So... One thing that I wanted to know from this person is how they believe Kevin and Ian's passing affects them still today. Um, And since we don't have anyone to ask that question to, I'm going to answer it. (laughs) So one of the main things that I think happened to my brain when they passed. So I said this in the first episode or 
in the first part, but you're 18 years old. Like, death, never heard of her. People who die are 200 years old, and surely no one my age dies. No matter how much stuff you see on the news, no matter how many, you know, friends of a friend have had people pass away, like, that age, your, I mean, your brain is literally not fully developed, so you're, you're invincible, like, nothing can happen to you, nothing can happen to your friends, and then when something like that happens, and it was two of our closest friends at the same exact time, it not only, like, reminded us that, uh, yeah, death can happen to anyone at any age, but it almost, like, overextended that idea like my brain basically applied that to not only can anyone at any age die but I should expect it like it's almost like I processed it as if it went from being impossible to my brain processed it as oh this might happen like once a year and how that has expressed itself um through my actions and through my thoughts, is that truly, like, I mean, this is, this is an area that I, that I have not yet worked on and really need to. Um, I genuinely, if people don't respond to a phone call or a text for whatever I decide to be a long period of time, I don't feel angry. I don't feel like someone's ignoring me, like I never have any of those thoughts. My first thought always is that something terrible happened to this person and very likely they're dead. And that sounds like funny and dramatic and silly, but my friends who are closest to me right now will vouch for the fact that like I'm not playing. Like there have been times where someone kind of goes missing for a day And I start to look up car accident reports, like local ones. I start to wonder if I should call local hospitals. Um, It's really not good. (laughs) And if anyone that I'm close to, if I'm dating them, if they're my friend, if they're my family member, if I know that someone is going out and drinking especially, um, if that person doesn't text me Uh, you could text me a house emoji to let me know you got home if I don't hear some sign that you made it to your bed I will be up all night with a panic and an anxiety that I cannot describe to any of you and it is 100% neurotic um it doesn't matter that there's kind of like a reason for it it's really not something that I'm willing to accept for the rest of my life. Like I, I do acknowledge that it has to be worked on. Um, but I think that's probably one of the main things that I can see in my daily life where it very obviously came from Kevin and Ian passing away. Um, so that was my answer to that question. And really anything else that I was going to talk to this person about was just going to be his experience and what he thought of 
the way all of our friendships kind of dissipated and how we all went our separate ways and couldn't handle seeing each other. Um, but I pretty much gave that perspective in the first part. So I don't really think we need to go over that again. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys aren't too bummed. I apologize. Um, this podcast means a lot to me and whether only my three best friends listen to it or 25 people or 2000 people, it truly is something that is so special to me. And at the end of the day, I don't expect anyone else to treat it with the same care and love and respect that I do. Um, even though obviously I wish that was the case. So this person wasn't ready. Um, I don't think they handled it in the best way possible. Maybe I can refer them back to my honesty and accountability podcast. But at the end of the day, unfortunately for me, I love this person dearly. And I am so understanding of what the actual issue is here. I don't think he's being malicious or ignoring or disrespecting on purpose. Um, I think this is a person who just struggles like we all do. And, um, I mean, it took me years to start a podcast and decide to be open and vulnerable. So I freaking get it. I understand how this can be really hard. Um, so that's the honest truth. Because that's what we do over here. We're honest. Um, again, I appreciate you guys so much for getting through the first 27-ish minutes of my tears. And, you know, I have hope for the future. I will continue to have interviews. And I can't promise who or about what. But we'll just see how stuff unfolds. And that's it. I appreciate you guys. Sorry again for the change-up and the abrupt end, but I'm sure you guys understand. So that's it, guys. We'll talk soon.